Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Thursday, March 10th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that did not think we would be talking this much about Florida today, but we are because there is a lot to talk about. We're talking about Florida and we're not even talking about my relatives. That's good. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. Keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. You can find Russ Cohen here on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, we are going to get to our matchup tonight against the Florida Panthers. There's some Flyers news to talk about as well. Then we're going to talk about the Panthers as a potential trade partner at the deadline. Finally, we're going to wrap up with our Thursday prospect profile. This time we're going to look at Connor Geeky. Lockdown Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So hit that subscribe button and you will get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So a bit of news from Flyers practice. We got the official word that Cam York was being brought up, which thank goodness we talked so much about that on Tuesday's show and it's the right move. It is the right move. Um, I just have to say this because I had a passing thought about this today. Hopefully they're not bringing him up to showcase him in some massive trade. I have to say it because it's that time of the year. I know. (laughs) I I mean, I'm just, you know, this is like the Flyers are doing the right thing. And it made me think, why are they doing the right thing? And so that came up in my head. So I had to bring it up and just say it. That's all. Well, hopefully now that you've said it, maybe it just won't come true. Right. (laughs) But uh, we did talk about it in terms of giving him a better chance to thrive at the NHL level and get involved in the things that he's best at, which is exactly what Mike Yo was talking about in terms of being more of a, a playmaker, zone exits, and potentially getting some time on the power play, which is exactly what we said he needed to do. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly right. And it just it really wasn't going to happen down down in Lehigh. That's really the key. Exactly. All right. They also switched up the lines a little bit, uh, moving Lindblom up to the top line, Giroux on the second line with Broussard and Atkinson. And it looks like it'll be a game time decision whether or not it'll be Max Wellman or Jerry Mayhew on that fourth line. Honestly, I'd prefer it to be Mayhew at this point, but you know, small fries on the fourth line. I mean, can, can someone, I'm going to raise my hand in the room, can someone give me a reasonable explanation as to why the Lindblom, Lawton, Konechny line is listed as the first line? Like, why? Yeah, I think it's because Lawton was the up there previously, and so if you're if you're writing it out, maybe it's not the first line for real, but also that Farabee, Broussard, Atkinson was definitely the second line, so when you just swap out one player you leave it in the same spot. I think it's just makes it easier to write it out, honestly. (laughs) That makes sense then. I mean, everything else is fine. Um, You know, the only thing, again, I'll question over time is 
How many games should Kevin Hayes really play? He doesn't look like himself still. He doesn't. And that's what concerns me about putting Farabee on that line with him and JVR, because I think Farabee needs more dynamic players mm-hmm. to be at his best. And this ain't it. No, I mean, look, Hayes has some, you know, some decent passing that he could still do, but but he really does not look good. And you're right. Having Farabee with the right guys really means a lot. But all right. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens here. They 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 are coming off a couple wins albeit not a ton of scoring in the last one. So we'll see. So we are facing the Florida Panthers tonight. They are at the top of the Atlantic, third overall in the NHL. They're on a four-game win streak, having just beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. Although the other games they won were not exactly the most challenging for them, let's say. Uh, They had lost a few before that. True, but they kind of were getting a little bit of a rep, like, hey, can they beat the good teams and they beat the Penguins? So that was one where they did lock that one down. And, and so that they're a dangerous team, as we know. So this is, of course, this, yeah, this is going to be a massively hard game. There's no way around it. Yeah, Anton Lundell did not play versus Pittsburgh. Uh, we're not sure what his status is as of recording, but that's definitely something to note because he's contributed a lot to the Panthers this year. But, you know, looking at them overall, I think really it's their offense that we have to be concerned about more than anything. Uh, they have the highest goals per 60 at 5-on-5 five five in the NHL right now, which is at 344 it's above four in all situations. So they're averaging over four goals per 60, which is just insane. It is insane. I mean, they really are a high-powered offense, a lot of speed. You know Duclair will have a good showing against the Flyers. He always does because his speed is always a problem. Huberto yeah. is, is having the best year of his career, and, and he's been pretty dynamic. Barkov is always tough. Uh, there's just there's so many players there. Like you said, if Lundell's not in – that's good because then that, that also hurts their PK a little bit because he's one of their better PK guys. But, you know, they're, they're still loaded. I mean, you still have Sam Reinhardt. You still have Sam Bennett. I mean, it's just they are loaded. The The thing that you do have to worry about, though, is, is Aaron Ekblad because, again, he could be a force of nature all on his own. Oh, of course. And, you know, that top pairing of Weger and Ekblad is great. But yeah. defensively, they're actually, you know, kind of middling in the NHL. And, you know, below that, they don't have as strong a defense. And that's kind of where their weaknesses are, that they can have lulls in their game and defensive breakdowns. I mean, Radko yes. Gudis is on their second pairing, which, you know, take you know, that for what a, it's worth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he's never going to be like rock solid on D, but he's decent. But But the hits are what you worry about. And what will be interesting is... I used to always have to tweet when Gudis was on the Flyers and would hip check somebody, somebody from the opposing team would always act as if like that was illegal or dirty or whatever. And now the Flyers are going to do that. And I kind of wonder who he's going to target and then who on the Flyers is going to act like that was the worst thing anybody's ever done. Because that's what's going to happen. That could. Uh, you did bring up the Panthers penalty kill and, you know, potentially being weakened by Lundell not playing. Well, they've been a perfect 13 for 13 <laughs> over the past four games on the PK. So maybe not. But um, yeah. I think, you know, the Flyers power play is going to have a huge challenge uh, should they get the chance in this game. And with Gudas in the game, they could get that chance. Yeah, oh no, he's going to be in the box at least once. There's no doubt. Yeah, the Flyers just have to 
get guys net front in that power play. Like it's just. They do. I know we keep saying that over and over again, but it's true. And even like I, I mentioned, you know, last game, Konecki seemed like like he was like guilty of it and knew that he was guilty of it himself and was kind of mad at himself. So best way to get back at that is do it this game. Exactly. And, you know, it is possible to take advantage of the Panthers, especially when they can uh, have those defensive breakdowns, because the other thing they tend to do is overplay the puck. Mm hmm. And because they have such great offensive weapons, they tend to get super fancy. And sometimes that doesn't work out. And so if the Flyers could take advantage by cutting off passes, getting sticks in there, uh, the problem is where the Flyers have struggled with the zone exit that would then follow. So hopefully Cam York can help with that part of the equation. Yeah, and Florida's fourth line does produce. Um they do. I think I think it's like Lusitanen, is that his name? He he's been pretty good on there and so that's something where that has to be watched out for too, because the Flyers fourth line is like that truculent line, but you know, and they're decent on defense, but the Panthers fourth line actually could score. And and that's where that could be another matchup issue. We'll see where how those lines get played out but you know as far as the overall approach you're absolutely right in terms of having a more productive fourth line on the Panthers versus a um, more of a traditional fourth line for the Flyers Uh, you know you mentioned Jonathan Huberto again having the year of his life he's got 78 points which leads the team for the season and I feel like I have a small obsession with second lines of other teams because they tend to be better than the Flyers or what the Flyers can put together. Man, if you have Sam Bennett and Jonathan Huberto on a line together with Anthony Duclair, I am jealous. I am very jealous. That's a high-powered, fast, skilled second line, man. That's Honestly, it's one of the best second lines in hockey. It has to be. It has to be for sure, because that's just uh, that is a lot of points on the board. It's exceptional. Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to talk more about the Panthers coming up next. But as a potential trade partner, before we do that, we're going to talk about our friends at Bet Online. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fire coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to all your favorite sports coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts, including us. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, before we get into what we could potentially be dealing with with the Florida Panthers at trade deadline, uh, we should mention that reports have been pretty frequent about the Flyers scouting the Hershey Bears. And I think it's important, important to bring that up as well because, you know, obviously that being the Washington Capitals affiliate in the 
AHL and the Capitals being in division, uh, what kind of deal could that potentially be for? I mean, there's always the potential of a Giroux deal. You know, my gut tells me it could be a Martin Jones deal because they're not totally set in net. And the Caps have brought up a lot of guys this year from Hershey because of injuries. So there's, I think, a potential of two or three guys that they have in their system that may not get really a chance to play with that organization. If this were just for Martin Jones or even for Justin Braun, you know, as an example, if they did the Owen Tippett for Justin Braun, we were just debating that on another show, I guess you make it, but I wouldn't be thrilled about it because I still think it's like a home run swing for Owen Tippett to find his scoring touch at the NHL level. And in about two years, you'll know. So, but you still have to pay him too. You know, you still have to pay him like 1.25, something like that, one and a half on an arbitration. So it's not like he's coming in at base. So there's that. And then I also look at things and I've heard rumors. Now, this would probably be more in a Giroux deal, but like Hendricks Lapierre, I think is untouchable at this point. I think maybe McMichael could be had in a Giroux deal, but I still think that's a, a little bit of a pipe dream because I still think they have plans for him and wouldn't do it. But um, Alexei Protus is a big 6'6 guy who has a, a good release on his shot and decent speed. But again, he's another one of these power forwards that, you know, he got a, he got a look-see with the team. And I wouldn't personally risk it on him. But I bet there's others in the Flyers hierarchy that would because of the size and all the stuff that they've been talking about size. Me, again, I've talked about guys like Logan Huchko who has exceptional speed and I think would do a you know fair to great job at the NHL level, depending on how you use them. But, you know, again, there's also defensemen. Alexander Alexiev, like if you did that straight up for um for Braun, like for whatever reason, if they decided just Alexiev's not for them. I would do that because I don't think he's super high-powered offensively, but he's 6'4", and he's a good puck mover, and he's got ability, uh, defensive ability. So I think, you know, there's something there where he'd be like a uh, a cheap version of Aristolane and maybe a little better um, as far as not having any turnovers, but that remains to be seen. And then there's um, Lucas Johansson, Ryan's younger brother, and... Even though he is of a certain age, he had an injury plague season. He, you know, he's 24, but this guy can run a power play. And he's pretty good defensively now. He has some size. He is getting stronger. So I do feel like he can handle his own end. He's 6'2". But the idea is he could be, I feel like he could play in a top four role, especially if, again, an Ellis goes out. And then you have the same problem again where you're wondering who's going to run the power play because then, you know, are you going to give it to York, who I don't necessarily think should run a top power play yet. Uh, and then you have a situation where, okay, you're going to give it to Provorov, who's kind of weird, or, you know, would you let a guy like Johansson run it who's been running it really well in the AHL level and has a great shot on the power he play? Has. He has. And, you know, we've seen the Hershey Bears a lot, and he's been one of the more impressive players. So I would really target him in any of these trades. But, you know, that's that's just me. So that's what I would be looking for. Interesting. Well, I personally hope they stay away from the Caps unless it's that goaltender deal. Just because I think that's a reasonable thing to trade in division. And if you can get something pretty solid in return, I'm all for it. So uh, let's take a look at the Florida Panthers, though, who have kind of been heating up in terms of where Claude Giroux might end up. 
And, you know, my first question is what's in it for Florida in terms of where does he slot in and how does it help them? And, you know, if you put him in at wing with Barkoff and Verhage, I mean, that's <laughs> that's a pretty good top line. And they already have a pretty good top line. But I think Giroux would just add something extra to with uh, with Barkoff and Verhage to make it worth it to them. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, that that's actually because I don't think you would mess with their second line. So I think no. I, I think that's what you would do. And then, you know, if you have an injury, he could always step in in the middle. Or if Sam Bennett is having a rough series, he could step in in the middle there because he'd be better on faceoffs than, you know, than him, too. So I think that makes a lot of sense. And I could see that happening. But I also could see them going for like Braun and Giroux. In a really yeah. big trade. The way they've been scouting the Flyers, the people that they've been sending, kind of leads me to believe it has to be bigger than just one player or even just Justin Braun on his own to do what they're doing. So, you know, I do have to believe they that... They could use depth defensemen. I mean, they you could. know, I, I thought of Braun as sort of a separate deal, but in a combination deal... There's something to that there, especially with the bottom four. We just talked about it with the Panthers being the weaker component of the team and the thing that's the kind of like their biggest weakness. Right. And the Panthers don't have a first, I believe. So what they and the Flyers, you know, could eat 50 percent on salary. So, you know, the Flyers would be looking to get, you know, a package of players that way. And, you know, one guy who I like on that team who they got from Chicago, Lucas Carlson, I would take him. He's a low-risk, really good third-pairing defenseman who doesn't make a lot of money. And that could be one of the guys you get that instantly you slot in. But again, I love Denisenko. Denisenko is a guy, and I've spoken to Brian McCabe, who is in charge of the young players there, the amateur scout. Uh, amateur, He's in charge of amateur scouting. And Denisenko, you know, as of a year ago when I spoke to him, they were still super high on him. He's only 21 he came over from the K. He's got a lot of speed and skill. He does have goal-scoring ability. He's better in his own end now. And he's not like a super high-risk guy, but he is one of those guys that sometimes can look like he's shot out of a cannon on certain plays. So really like a shot, really like his skating. To me, he's a must. Like, you've got to have him in this deal. Uh, I Again, I talked about Logan Huchko. I really like him. If Tippett's in there as a secondary guy, fine. Um... And then maybe you're getting, you know, a couple of seconds, a second this year, a second next year. Like, that's what I would be looking for. If I did the, the package like that, I'm looking for, you know, two or three players and a couple seconds. And I could live with not having a first then. Because remember, the Flyers don't have seconds, so. Right. Well, and the Panthers could include their 2023 first as part yeah. of the deal. So it's just so something they would have to consider. They would consider that, I'm sure. And yeah, so that's something where, but but this is a team that has a lot of players and they are deep. And But I also know for a fact, they're not going to mess with their regular roster that much. So that's why, you know, you know when I'm talking about a guy like Carlson, that's like, okay, that's not going to mess with them a lot because Braun's just going to take that spot. So that I think, you know, they would look at and see as, you know, a possibility. What do you think about, a guy like Samuskevich, who is further away from being NHL ready, but still has a ton of upside. Yeah, no, no doubt. He's, he's a terrific player. I think he's going to stay in college for another year or two. 
then probably yeah. would need maybe a half season at the AHL because he's got some exceptional vision. He's a great skater. He's a real spark plug. He's got a really good shot. He is a really good offensive talent. If I had a choice between, you know, Samuskevich or Tippett as, you know, being one of the pieces in this, I'm going to take Samuskevich every time. But I don't know if they'll offer him. But I certainly right. would ask because he really is a terrific player. He looked great World Junior Camp when I was there. He looked good. Uh, he looks good every time. I mean, he, he he probably, it took him a little while in that World Junior Camp, though, because I was a little critical of him at the beginning. But by the time I left, he was really, really good. So that that's a guy who I would love to see, but, you know, don't know if it's possible. Yeah, he's just one of the, the guys that interests me the most. And obviously, we get to see a lot more of him because he's Team USA. And, and so, you know, just thinking if there's, a return that somebody that's close and then somebody like him who's further down the pipe as part of a package that's really appealing to it, me. it would make me happy it's appealing to me i hope the flyers are in that headspace i don't know if they are <laughs> you never know with the flyers no you really don't i mean again you know with when fletcher says that hey paul hungerman's part of this group you know he tells that to a bunch of um season ticket holders and stuff when they have the meeting that he's in and on the process well, we know the kind of guys that Holmgren goes after. He always goes after size and a certain amount of toughness. And it's like, you know, how much of that do you want? Yeah, I, I would like some scorers who are also thinkers. But <laughs> we'll see. All right. We'll, uh, you know, obviously be following the trade deadline coverage and what the Flyers could be doing as we get closer and closer to the day but up next we're going to talk about a potential draft pick in Connor Geeky so Russ Connor Geeky I am very excited to talk about him he is the brother of Morgan Geeky who's mm -hmm. on the Seattle Kraken uh, originally on Carolina and uh, Connor is a really big boy he's 17 years old but he's already 6'4 205 which I can't even like that's just massive uh, he's currently on the Winnipeg ice uh, as a teammate of Flyers prospect Connor McLennan should note that he's got 53 points in 48 games played that's 16 goals and 37 assists which is a better scoring pace than he had last year and, you know, that proportion of goals to assists, he's really a playmaker um, and a, a puck distributor on the power play. So he is really skilled. He's really smart and, you know, would definitely be a guy I'd want to look at. Uh, right now, you know, the rankings, again, they're more preliminary at this stage, but he's ranked anywhere from 8 to 24, but typical seems to be in the 12 to 14 range. But he could move up depending on how the rest of his season goes. And again, with size like that, you, you just never know how he'll trend in terms of the actual rankings right up to the draft point. And honestly, one extra thing that appealed to me is that he wears number 28. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, big center uh, is always going to trend high and always trend higher, I think, towards yeah. the draft. So I think, you know, top 10 is a possibility for him. Uh, what I like about him is it's it, all of his scoring is not predicated on a size. Like, you know, you see some guys that get some ridiculous junior numbers and it's a lot of times is because they can just win these crease battles and just jam the puck in. But that's not always the case with him. 
He, um, as you mentioned, really skilled passer on the power play, but really also on five-on-five -five situations. Can really make a great play. His face-offs, very good. The technique's good. You know, he's at about 44% this year. You figure for someone that age, that's pretty good. Once you're getting around that 50% mark, going against top teams, players that are older than you, um, so that's that's trending well for him, and, and I think we'll get better. He holds on to the puck really well in the offensive zone. Like, when he has it, it's hard to get it from him, and his skating can improve. There's no question about it, but I don't look at it like there's anything inherently flawed there that's going to be a problem. Morgan Geeky had to work on his skating, too. I don't think, you know, he's made it. Uh, I think, you know, actually that um, Connor's better, and I think he'll he'll be fine with the skating. The way he shields the puck is really good too. It's hard. He knows how to use that that size and the reach advantage. And so when he could shield the puck in the offensive zone, he really does a nice job with it. And here's some good stats, on, again, courtesy of Instat. 61% uh, of his shots are on net. That's a really high percentage. 48% yeah. uh, four, on the uh, puck winning puck battles. That's really good too. And they and the faceoff percentage came from them too, because those those stats are sometimes hard to come by in on junior hockey level, but they have them. So those are things to look at. And again, he draws penalties. Like guys, when he's in the offensive zone, they trip him, they obstruct him, they do a lot of different things because otherwise they know he's gonna put a shot on net or potentially score. Every single thing I read about him talked about how smart he is with the playmaking yeah that and you can see it when you you look at his highlights where he will hold on to the puck just maybe a half second longer than you think he should and it's because he's smart enough to find that seam to either mm -hmm. make that pass or take that shot and I think you know you can teach that to some degree but he just seems to inherently know how to do that yeah and look I mean if it's a situation where the Flyers you know, maybe let's see they're picking third, fourth, fifth, something like that. And then they, you know, get a second pick that's somewhere in the middle. You know, they could start watching the board and um, and doing some things with that. And maybe he'll fall to them. But uh, probably won't fall beyond like that 12 to 14 range. I think you're right about that. I, I just don't see that as being even possible. So, but if you, you know, if you haven't picked that high... If he's your best guy on the board, then by all means, trade down and get another pick. So it all depends on what they're looking for. But, I mean, this is a situation where it's not a bad idea to get a big center because he does have a lot of skill. It's an interesting point you make about potentially trading down because I think, you know, the top, if you look at the 5 to 15 range, mm -hmm. if you have a particular guy that's your guy, and maybe his ranking is trending in the bottom half of that, trade down. Right. Because, you know, the worst you're going to get is a lower first-round pick or a high second round, which in this draft is going to be just as high quality, I think. Yeah, it'll be good. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. And so, you know, I'm, I'm a proponent of that if he's your guy. If you're, if you're chasing him, you've decided, hey, he's the right fit, then you know what? Then that's fine by me. Well, he certainly has the skills to be that guy. It's just a matter of if the Flyers would want to do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what, you know, again, sometimes the draft is about chances. Sometimes it's about taking safe picks. Uh, we have to see getting close to the draft, what it looks like they're going to do. I would say in the past, 
Chuck has been more about um, him and Brent uh, about the safe picks. And so they have traded down before and done that. And they haven't had great results. They've had some okay results, some mediocre results. So that's where they have to really look at it. And it's a case-by-case thing. Like, you can't have the same strategy for every draft. So, you know, they have to look at it really closely. Hopefully they have more um, opinions at the table this year to kind of help with that. Indeed. Well, our Flyers Fun Thing is a highlight package of Connor Geeky plays and highly recommend you watch it because he's a fun kid to watch out there. And, you know, the Winnipeg Ice are a fun team as well. So you get to see a, a lot of really good stuff in They're one of one video. of the best. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. one of the best. So mm-hmm. that's, yeah, definitely watch them. You can see there's ability there that will translate to the pros. That'll do it for today's show. We will be back again tomorrow, of course, recapping tonight's matchup against the Florida Panthers. We'll have our gritty thing of the week and more. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in mailbag questions via Twitter at LockdownFlyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen locked on fantasy hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.